Hey, this is Dirk Revuren from Megadeth, and you're listening to GhostCultMag.com. Welcome back to the Ghost Cult Magazine Podcast. I'm your recovering sick boy, OJ, and we're back with the Ghost Cult 2023 Album of the Year Countdown. This is part one in our multi-part series. Starting it off is Keefe and Steve, not for a power hour, but for numbers 75 to 41, as voted on by the entire staff of Ghost Cult. Except me, because I was sick and I didn't get it in time. But if you can guess my number one record, I will send you two Ghost Cult beer cozies. Seriously, try it. Make sure you like and subscribe first. Subscribers only. I don't give out freebies to just anybody. You have until the 20th. Good luck. And welcome back to another Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I am Ghost Cult Keefe from GhostCultMag.com. I am once again honored and thrilled to be joined by my friend Steve Tovey, the senior editor of Ghost Cult and the manager and capo regime of all the writers and the big boss with the sauce of all the writing staff. And we are here episode one in our series of counting down the albums of the year as voted on by the staff of ghostcultmag.com steve and i are going to be counting down 75 to 41 not necessarily counting them all down but cherry picking out things to discuss if you followed our series here at the ghost cult magazine podcast steve and i get together every month and chop it up about all the albums that have come out and forecast the ones coming so this is really the cherry on top of the pie for the whole year steve good to see you again mate yeah doing doing well um good afternoon i think for you and uh and a good evening for me and our typical two runnies start to these podcasts so um yeah, so ready to. It's been a busy couple of weeks putting together all the votes and uh, counting them up and making sure I haven't broken the formulas because my tech skills and spreadsheet formulas is not the best. Um, and double checking. At one point, we had only one double up. I'd uh, moved moved an album by mistake into two different columns, but we we fixed it in time, so we're doing well. <laughs> so nearly uh, 280 over, more than 280 votes, I think, across our staff team this year, and uh, all good to go. Yeah, I think that accounts for a a solid third, maybe a little more than maybe like 40% of all the albums we reviewed were voted on. And I'm sure there's a few that we didn't review that are voted on just for whatever reason. There was a couple of like commercial punk records we didn't review because they, you know, for whatever reason, capacity usually. But it's it's a really, you know, again, this is the the word of the year is diversity. That is the year we have had we have probably covered more subgenres of rock and metal and punk than ever before where this is spread across so uniformly and not like there's no rhyme or reason it just happened and so maybe it's the again i always talk about the spotify and the streaming availability of music kind of affecting people's taste and listening habits now obviously writers have different listening habits than just music lovers i'm fascinated by all these things and i don't know if you have a reason why do you have like a doctor who (laughs) like idea why i've got it maybe there's a reason why but maybe there's no reason i don't know i think i mean I think we spoke about it a couple of years ago that it, it seems to have been over, I don't know, probably the last 10 years in particular, trends and stuff seem to have disappeared. So we used to get, like, we had the rebirth of thrash in the in the noughties. You have certain, we used to get geographical scenes and geographical bursts. We don't really get that anymore. So I think there are more bands that aren't just doing one thing, aren't just doing one sound. And it becomes, but rather than diluting, it's just become more interesting. So you have... have bands that will release i mean um let me get the wrong one blood command uh have an album with 15 songs that have about eight different styles on it and they'll flip between one or the other and it's not a problem whereas it used to be like 
other than Faith No More, no one used to really do that. It used to be like, we are a thrash metal band and we'll play thrash, but with the fast picking sort of band and with a crossover thrash band, we just do that. But even those bands have diversified and we'll be packing in death metal riffs or black and metal bits. And some of the bands that we'll get to later on, even our more established acts, we'll look at Enslaved or Insomniums and bands like that. They don't stick in one box anymore. They're not a metal death band or a black metal band. So I think it's just become... Maybe, like you say, uh, something to do with playlists and different listening styles, but it has become more accepted for artists to do more than one thing. And I love that. As you know, I think I say that quite often. You know, I'd much rather an album had four or five different avenues and different explorations than the last track really screwed with you than 25 minutes of the same thing again and again. So who knows if it will carry on like that? I think so. I think it just seems to be bands are happier doing what they want to do within a song or within a release um, and covering multiple bases. And long may it continue. Mate. Indeed, maybe it is the alverification of music where everyone, like, whatever we want, you know, you and I have a soft spot for them, especially this last era and the very first era of over for me personally is also yeah, yeah. hugely important. But uh, maybe they're all catching up. Maybe they're just all, everybody's just, I feel free and I'm going to, uh, I don't want to spoil it because I'm sure you're going to mention them in this list. But a uh, review we just ran talked about a death doom band throwing in a little black gate, which would have been abhorrent to death metal fans just a few years ago as we are i think we're at the 10th anniversary of death heaven's sunbather now you know just coming up the shows are this week i'm trying to get to one here locally it's hard they're from here so it's where i'm to get on the list but um yeah man i just i'm with it and i'm for it and i applaud our staff you know obviously you have people who they like what they like and a good editor as yourself matches the right review with the right reviewer not that they will absolutely love everything that comes across their plate we strive not to do that. Sometimes as a reward, you give somebody a band you know they might dig, but at the same time, I think it's very fun and a tribute to our very, again, skilled and tasteful writing staff that they don't shy away from anything. They're open-minded. We haven't had too many terrible <laughs> like assault type reviews this year. And again, there are peers of ours that that's their bread and butter and they get a lot of clicks and more clicks than we do because they air negative and they go to that, they go to the negative uh, space, if you will. And we don't, but yeah. you know, we try not to. No, and I think it's been, we're talking about brands diversifying and not doing, yeah, not doing the same thing again and again. And I think the one, I guess, I don't know, trend is probably the wrong word, but one of the conclusions I got from looking through the list this year, with the exception of one or two bands that I think we'll talk about in our section traditional metal there hasn't been either much quality or much quantity in terms of that heavy metal or that big metal for one of a better phrase this year there's been you know like last year we had uh, halo effect we had a monomath we had machine but there's several big metal bands year before trivium two albums fairly close to each other there were center points that were in the in the middle of metal or com more commercial more straightforward metal stuff and we haven't had that this year uh, or the bands that we have haven't really been picked up on or hasn't been hasn't been overly successful so quite an interesting place to speak it's probably the first year that there hasn't been that like i said we're looking Back over the last 10 years of who our album of the years have gone to, we've had carcasses, we've had ghosts, we've had big, big names, triviums, machine heads. And it's interesting this time around that that's, there isn't something for the year to hang its hat on, if you like. There isn't that centerpiece metal album, but instead there's a whole host of different interesting um, albums to have. In terms of an approach, typically we, I think last year, we cherry picked through 75 to 41. Maybe we'll run down 50 to 41 as uh, with a little commentary. But um, here's a notion I had. I have my list open in front of me. Don't know if you do. I assume you do. And uh, maybe what we can do is we can go in tens and just pick out a few from each 10 group down to 51 
or 50 and then do 50 to 41 as we like a little rundown uh that'll make it different for us this year and uh less complicated unless you have a handful of bands you want to talk about but i i think the, the main bits for me um so the, the 75 through 65 i i haven't really got a whole lot that i was massively into but starting off with those um we, we do pick up on the spirit box ep um that's one of the ones that we've um, collectively picked up on it's been an interesting one that this is the, where some of the larger bands tend to sit you mentioned some of the albums we didn't cover so blink 182 fallout boy sitting in this space um nice little shout out for boy genius though as well i think uh glad that you've given some attention to that and spanish love song so it's interesting that we we i think how the voting went these are all albums that picked up a few votes, but they're all low down in people's top 20. So there's a lot of like for these these records, for the bigger re releases in the kind of alternative and the, the rocket space. But yeah, so those are the main ones sort of uh, sitting in the in the first batch of 10 that really sort of caught it out for me. Um, yeah. a, a little ghost cult meets pitchfork here, if you will, um, <laughs> with those big bands. I, I would say it's interesting. I thought that Roto, I love the Spirit Box EP. Yeah. I think Rotoscope was a little more direct and heavy. And they intentionally went sort of in an, another left turn for a band of left turns. Yeah, so yeah. I like the Spirit Box quite a lot. I I will tell you the only album I have not listened to in this entire 75 that I didn't at least listen to a little is Fall Out Boy. It's just a band I've right. never, just not <laughs> for me, to. not for me. <laughs> Fall Out Boy and Blink-182 are the two. Okay, five. yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. tell you what, that Blink single came out, that first single came out at the end of last year, and I didn't like it. And then when the record dropped... That is nothing like that for a single. And they started okay. to put out songs leading up to it. I was like, okay, this is really good. I did one listen through of the Blink. And I was like, this is actually very good. Almost a grown-up record for a bunch of people whose their whole career is based on being childish and sophomoric. You know, and it's it's actually really good. And the One More Time song, I'll Make a Grown Man Cry, is a tearjerker. Like, literally, I thought I was going to die. And I just want to make music with my friends again. Oh, my God. We're all feeling the mortality after the last couple of years. Those guys are special with two health scares out of the three yeah. guys um for me uh you know gotta talk i love i love the ones you pointed out uh allo kyria i hope i said that correctly on venerate records commotion is a record a band i hadn't i was just keenly barely aware of and then i went back and listened to that record and i was like wow this is a really good band that should be higher up on people's list and more well-known. Love the Royal Blood album at the top of the list. They're also, you know, a great, just hard rock band. They know what they are. They come to play. They write good songs. They perform great when they do go tour. Blood Ceremony, thought that would be up a little higher. The Old Ways Remain on Rise Above record. Great sort of, uh, you know, stoner, psych rock, folk rock. Coven metal, if you will. The band Coven. I'm a massive fan of Oxbow, and I love Love's Holiday. Um, out on... Ipecac recordings. Of course, when they played my city, I was out of town to see Metallica. Boo. Uh, they don't. They're from the Bay Area, and they don't play here often. So that's a suck. That sucks for me. And yeah, I will also say the Boy Genius record is fantastic. And if you're not a big fan of alternative rock or mainstream alternative indie alternative bands, I know that like separately, each of the Boy Genius supergroup members are pretty super, and usually people come in with Phoebe Bridgers because she's so popular. I'm more of a Julian Baker fan. Phoebe's great though. She's very, very if you're if you're having a tough time, don't listen to her. You're going to feel worse about yourself. But um a lot of supergroups are not super. We've got quite a few on the list. We've got quite a few we reviewed this year. There are quite a few coming next year. But Boy Genius is absolutely super and a special group and I hope they make more music. No, that's cool. Yeah. And I was really impressed. I didn't really dabble too much in 
Phoebe Bridge or where Boy Genius are at, but it was an impressive record for me. Um, didn't know what to expect. Chris Tipple, I think, did the review for us and his words. We talked about this on our Power Hour stuff. Sometimes you might check in one or two songs and you're not too fussed, but then when the review comes in, it, it steers you into checking it out. So that's true. So this, the next bit of the list, this is where it gets really interesting for me anyway, from 65, and I'm going to cheat a little bit and run all the way down to 50, from 65 to 50. Now, I would swap out pretty much this 15 for the 40 to 25, um, because I, I love this run. And it's a, one of the bits I did wonder, not for all of these albums, is perhaps the release schedule for some of them coming towards the end of the year meant they weren't picked up by by a few people. But we've got a run from 63, and I'm, I will just read them all out from 63 down to 50, where I just think it's just an incredible... I've got a lot of time for the struts, really like the album, uh, Pretty Vicious, um, your kind of Rolling Stones, glam, glam rock sort of stuff. The Ocean, down at 62, they've been in our top fives before with previous records. I don't think Holocene does anything particularly different to some of the other records. In, you know, we thought maybe we've all just got a bit used to it, I don't know. But then anyway, we've got 62, The Ocean, Full of Hell, and Primitive Man with a split, 61, Unearth, great record. I love the Burner record, um, It All Returned to Nothing on Church Road. That's quite high up in my personal uh, list. So, you know, so we're talking 63 to 59 with just like you know, five really strong records there. Um, Under Dark at 57, um, which we'll, we'll cover in our November Power Hour podcast, but on Church Road, Managed Decline, great record. Yeah, Spotlight, Spirit Adrift, Green Lung, Dying Wish, Immortal, Downfall of Gaia, Harm's Way. So, you know what I mean? I could... We could fill up a whole hour talking about this section of, of the list. Um, I'll give a personal shout out to the, having said there wasn't too many traditional metal albums that fared too well this year, both the Spirit of Drift and the Green Lung Elves. I think I'd like to pull attention to, to both of those from, in particular from these. And I'll save my powder on the Underdark record for our power hour. <laughs> so. so go listen to that podcast. You're probably going to hear that podcast before this podcast, actually. So that's pretty funny. Maybe we'll link both in each other's descriptions so people know we're self-referential. I also had the same feeling about the ocean, unearth, full of hell, even though it's a split, spirit adrift. These are all bands, immortal at 52. These are all bands that have been in our top 20 recently, last albums, top 25, top 30. So I don't know if it's just the glutton of records, this giant bottleneck of music coming out so heavy because of the global everything. Um, the Ocean is a personal favorite of mine. Did not make my top 20, but a beautiful record. And again, like you said, not too different than what they're already doing. Um, and um, Spotlights is a band that just perennially a little underloved as much as their critic darlings. I love them. I got to see them twice. They were really good this year. I love this record. It's a concept record. They put out an EP of leftover songs that are as good as anything on the record that they just couldn't fit on the vinyl. So they put out an e a concurrent EP right alongside their record, just literally within a month of each other, which I thought was like, that's how creative those those folks are. I uh, love the Spirit of Drift, you know. Green Lung came to me. I had been aware of them from their previous record, Terrific Album. Full of Hell is getting to the point where they're almost like Vow, where they can do anything. And I think there's a Vow record coming for next year that hasn't been announced yet but full of hell's doing another they have another collab out you know this week or out now and uh out now as we record this by the time it comes out with primitive man but they have another one they're just i like that just anything is game for them uh want to also talk about dying wish hardcore-ish post-hardcore metal band uh phenomenal vocalist getting a big push from sharp tone yeah again immortal surprised me that more people weren't into it then it didn't seem like a great we've talked about being a great 
great year for UK metal, a great year for death metal, and a great year for hardcore. A stellar year for traditional black metal bands, or what we think of as the top tier in black metal. I think, you know, we have a live album from Triumph and Death, that's great, but, you know... That's more old school no. throwback underground metal. I was going to say, I think without getting into spoilers of what comes on, I think there's been a quite a lot of black, or blackened metal, I suppose. That's, yeah, to pick, to pick the words correctly. Second wave traditional black metal, lesser so. But this Immortal album is just great fun. It's like Northern Chaos Gods Part 2. So, you know, um, they're just in a really, like Demon Ass is in a really good space. We now have got Abath and Immortal. So, you know, everyone wins on that. But again, looking at this section, you've got Underdark, um, Immortal, Downfall of Gaia. I mean, that Downfall of Gaia album we talked about back in March, was it? I think February, March when it came out. Mm. It's a really like strong, dark, um, blackened, you know, good album. So there's, yeah, there's a lot going on. Lots to check out. Fair enough. And uh, again, I'm with you. Some of these, forget it, foregoing my personal picks, which some of these I would have, you know, I would have. It's interesting. If you had flipped this list around, probably feel the same. <laughs> not not 75 as one, but if you had flipped like, you know, again, took out like 20 and just swapped them, I wonder if it, it would have been, you know, they're close. They're, they're very, qual- yeah. they're all, these are all eights and higher to me in terms of our grading system, which is again, so, known for being hard. hard graders and to be to, and to be fair you know i take yeah 60 odd to 50 odd and switch it out for some of those sitting between 40 and 25 but that's not to disrespect the album sitting above um that's just on personal taste uh, yeah i think we it's uh, normally when we have our top 75s i wouldn't say i have a little grumble but i look at a few things i'm like really that's cool that high i'm you know disappointed that we're pushing that collectively versus this that and the other but i'm very happy with this 75 there's there's not a record in it that other than blink and fallout boy that i don't care about and don't like so there it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely not your thing. And uh, and I have never been a big Fallout Boy fan. Although I ha- I will say that I've seen Blink I Live. I saw Blink One Eighty Two at a Warp tour, and they were fun. But not they're not my gener. I'm not their generation. Uh, there are quite a lot of emo and pop punk bands that I adore. Uh, they were never one of them. But the record, like I said, I-, I will even say as a grumpy old man, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, it's got great moments. And uh, I'd definitely go check it out. Uh, certainly better than my opinion of the Paramore record, which you have known. I have gone on record as saying was not a fan of the comeback record. Um, no, I've heard <laughs> it. But, you know, other uh, people in the staff are better place to comment on Paramore. I have heard it and I will not hear it again, uh, again uh, willingly. And I love Haley Williams, one of the greatest singers in the world. Not that record. Anyhow... If you'll humor me, let's just run down 50 to 41. I'll call out the tracks and you can share whatever feedback you'd like to. I'll note in a few things too. I think there. I think this is a very notable block of records also. Not just because of where they are. I think these bands are, this is a hint of what's to come, I think, in metal in a lot of ways. Uh, number 50, Harm's Way. Everybody do the Running Man, the Running Man meme, with their record Common Suffering on Metal Blade. That was a, a you know, kind of a mid-yeary release that I thought was very strong. Yeah, um, I think, again, perhaps we've got used to what Harm's Way do, and they've, they've kind of softened some of the edges around it, and I know they had their little post-Forever Code Orange uh, deviations when they've gone back to being a bit more sort of straight-up um, metallic hardcore. You will put this on and not be disappointed. You know, if you listen to this record and you're, and you're disappointed, you are listening to the wrong record. Um, it's just in a good, good, solid pocket. A really strong, like you say, um, eight out of ten record. 
delivers. Right on. Right on. Yeah, I think I think that this is a case. Just really quick, this is a case where some fan bases like Spirit Box and Code Orange are a game for whatever. And Harm's Way's fans said, "No, I prefer this," and they didn't really pick up a new bunch of fans with their experimentation. So they had to kind of go back to the drawing board a little. It's no crime, no shame in that game. Uh, number forty-nine, a very interesting band and record, Body Void, Atrocity Machine, out on our friends at Prosthetic Records. Yeah, and I think this is one of those that we we talked, and it goes back to one of the first podcasts we did when we talked about Kundra last year, about how horrible is a good thing in, in the sort of music we, we listen to. And I think um, Prosthetic had a run of a really good year for as a label, uh, a run of some really horrible records that were really impressive, and the Body Voids probably, uh, I think there may be a couple that score higher, but for me this is like their flagship of disgustingness um, for, from Prosthetic, because they're moving away from being a death metal or you know presumed to be a death metal label um, and more into the kind of yeah the heavy extreme sludge extreme doom sort of uh, sort of vibe but um just yeah not something you put on um when you're having a few beers and a barbecue let's put it that way <laughs> so but in a good way nice spoiler alert for the next episode in this countdown series of albums of the year tom o- osmond is now a new convert to horrible he's down with horrible as a nomenclature he's with us uh here's a record i thought would rank higher tesseract's war of being very strong record fantastic band k-scope records seemed like they had kind of a quieter year in terms of volume of releases but no shortage of great albums on that label and tesseract you know it you know what they are as a band and they killed it and then i really was a little surprised that this being this low down no same and i know we talked um quite a length when on the album release more of being really sort of resonated i think with both of us um i know as a site we've dabbled in and out of where the prog's one of the main sort of um, areas that we cover i think we've always supported and encouraged good progressive music and this for me is one of the best prog metal records well other than outside of devon for you know or maybe leprous as well for for a good long time you know i think it's got everything that you want it's got hooks it's got long songs it's got emotion it, it works really you know it, the, the dynamics and the, the push and the pull of some of the songs just work really well but on the flip it's also got catchy moments and hooks which not a lot of prog metal does so I, yeah i'm generally surprised um that it hasn't pulled higher you know we often say oh this should be higher, this should be higher and what should be lower but this is one i would have banked on being top 20 and if we weren't um as integral integrous is that word because we didn't have the same integrity we do i was quite tempted to uh to bump it up the list just because it deserves it but i, I restrained myself <laughs> but i do love it and you know um, i think it could and should be an album that i mean they're, they're a sizable band but this is an album that, that could be a springboard to the next level for them. i, think I agree but I, think, I think they can break through with this record to whatever the next plateau is for them for sure and speaking of that same vibe a band that i never shut up about loving fuming mouth at number 47 with last day of sun nuclear blast and if i'm gonna really get into some hyperbole i think this record is their ride the lightning and their next record could be their master of puppets i know that's very high praise for anything we do but i really feel that way this is a band on the rise yeah and i think this is another one that we'll we'll cover in more the well i think uh, we'll cover in more detail in the november podcast on it but it's interesting with like heavier um, bands that, that sometimes, you know, there's a lot of albums that come out and I was like, oh, this is the death metal album they released and this is the metallic hardcore album of the week and those sorts of things. Fuming Mouth album had a buzz and a lot of build and a lot of expectation building up to it and it didn't go away on release. You know, you know what I mean? That's when you know it's good. It's not like week one, we love this record, we've forgotten about it by week two. You know, three or four weeks down the line with this still bubbling there's still people talking excited about it and like you say it sets it's another album that should set them up to the next step 
I do think the scheduling of it coming out start of November is why it's not performed better. To be honest, I think it's one that not everyone in the team would have heard yet or given it the uh, the focus that definitely deserves. And it came out in a week with a glutton of other records oh, that yeah. eclipsed it, even on its own label. So that's a bummer. Uh, but continuing this tremendous run of underground bands, 46 is Portrayal of Guilt, Devil Music, the funnily named Devil Music for that band, Run for Cover Records. We don't talk a lot about them, but they also are a very strong uh, name in music. Portrayal of Guilt, I got to see them live the year last year and uh, heard a couple of new songs. They're like, we gonna try out some new stuff on you let me know what you think and they were killer and i was like oh my god if this is where they're going as a band this is going to be insane yeah i think they're another band that have somehow found a way to make um challenging and abrasive music catch is the wrong word but land you know find a way to get get the hooks in um because the emotion and the feeling and the dynamics is really really strong in it so they've um yeah it's that mix there that again that sludgy black and almost post-hardcore kind of collection of horribleness um, but in a way that doesn't put you off while not exactly being warm and fuzzy. So another, yeah, another really good album. Uh, again, horrible metal. <laughs> what more can you ask for? They are maybe the the second best horrible American band or American horrible genre American band next to Primitive Man right now. Another band I absolutely love, and was, this was highly anticipated, I think, among our own team, but also all the hipster blogs and websites wrote about this band this year. It was fun to see interviews and news stories pop up with them, even if we didn't get one. Slow Dive, Everything is Alive, from the Dead Oceans label. Slow Dive is one of those bands, I think, like, their mythos is almost comes in the door five minutes in front of them, but then you hear the music and you're like, ah. Oh, it's it's not hype it's legit yeah no exactly and when you've got a catalog and a canon to live up to um it's it's really easy to just sort of get to fob it off listen once and like, yeah it's fine or for a band not to be able to maintain the level of consistency or quality or to yeah own it in all these sorts of things we've talked about with longer term more established bands before but again it's a really strong collection um uh, of individual songs but also as an album so it works on both levels you know coming back to the format you can put one song on the cup you, know, you can put the singles on and they're really really sort of um captivating you gazy you know post 80s music um post 80s post 90s the mix is both in there or you can listen to it as an album and it's a it's a whole kind of you know journey and a good good emotional backdrop there so um i know reza who covered it for us was like the the anticipation <laughs> was on you know was unrelenting it's like when it's out when can i have it when's it out we can have it and then the joy i think that it's lived up to expectations oh thank god um so yeah it's good to see it from that side of things shout out to reza mills and we are going to take one of reza's ideas and sort of rebreathe life into an idea something we used to do or tried to do a few years ago in 2024 the ghost cult magazine podcast I'm going to feature more of our staff in it. So you and I will always have our spot monthly, but then I think I'm going to do extra sort of additional podcast episodes with our writers and get some POVs from them on stuff and talk about whatever. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to doing more podcasting myself. In 2024, time is going to allow for it. I'm going to make it happen. Number 44 on our list, straight off the streets of New Jersey, Sunrot in the house. Sunrot, the unfailing rope, another horrible great band. They and honestly, as good as this record is, they're a whole different animal live. If you can imagine they're more brutal and savage as a live band, but their records are crushing and they always are. So I knew this was gonna be a banger. No, and again, I think it 
as we're saying, um, they're, they're central, um, along with Body Void and a couple of others, to the almost like the rebrand, rebirth, whatever you want to call it, prosthetic. Not that they were in the gutter or gone away, um, but they they sort of exemplify, yeah, that that new breed of I suppose of a of a yeah, can't say the word artist act um, that they're they're working, you know, working with the sludgy, horrible, blackened, evil, <laughs> but not old school evil, not venom and, um, you know, Kelly Frost evil, just uh, getting into unsettling sides of the human psyche, but then manifesting it into music. So, yeah, um, I prefer the body boy personally, if we're ranking and comparing the two, but that isn't, like you said, that's not to undermine uh, the Sunrock record. I know Matt Cook um, absolutely loved it. I think he was, uh, if he could have had a personal subscription um, to Prosthetic in the first half of the year, he'd have had a MyVD into his veins. He would have loved it. <laughs> so. Maybe we can get a Body Void and Sunrock tour. I, uh, I don't know how far-fetched that is, but uh, that would be kind of cool. Cope, you know what I mean? That's like, cool. well, what would you come therapy, out like? You'd be changed. Yeah, well, you'd be changed. <laughs> DNA would be shape-shifted after you'd come out a different, chemically a different person. Here's a record back, if you go back to earlier in the year, uh, when this record came out and the lead up to this record, and we talked about this record at infinitum at number 43 in flames foregone, I was on nuclear blast. I was convinced this was going to be a top 10 record, but the whole way through it's still great though. I, yeah. I don't know. We'd be sort of, um, I had a slightly more I don't know, reserved or slightly less yeah, positive take on it at the time as well. And I, I don't know why. Um, it doesn't quite resonate with me the way that other In Flames albums have. Um, and I say that as someone that likes Siren Charms and to a lesser extent Battles and some of the albums that are less, you know, uh, Sounds of the Playground fame, that are less kind of vaunted and less loved. But I just, I don't know whether it, I think for me, it paled because it came about six months after the Halo Effect album. And I think it, it still fits in that you know, comparison in that In Flames have gone back to being heavier and they've gone back to doing more of the old inflamed sound but they haven't i mean let's let's be honest this isn't colony 2 or horacle 2 or anything like that this is kind of you know reroute to remain and clarity type stuff but the guitars are heavier and the choruses are a bit less uh the main focal point it is a very good record i'm not you know not disputing that but i think for me i still listen to the halo effect album 10 times more than the the, the foregone but the to be fair though to youtube music it's doing it's um wheeling its way in because a couple of the tracks keep appearing on my uh playlist that kick in after the album i listen to finishing and i'm like no i'm, I'm fine with them i'm good with them so maybe it went me over long with them but it's a it's a shower it's a grower not a shower here's two interesting things about that really quick to sidebar for one quick second. I think, you know, what's interesting. I don't think we've ever had a situation before where like the majority of former members of a band have made a new band and it's better than the old band or at least along a certain timeline they're competing. I know KK Downing thinks KK's Priest is going to compete with like Invincible Shield. It's not going to. I like that record also, but not here represented on the list. And then also, also, boy, I'm really looking forward to more Halo effects. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that band for next year. We have a whole episode coming on that, but oh, it's so good. It's so good. But I don't think that's ever happened before where like the majority of members from a band left that band, made a new band, and that band is so high quality. We're now like, oh, unfortunately comparing the existent band to the new band. It's weird. Um, I think we've done that um, where I don't think I've had any issues for it. I think I haven't had any issues with Dark Tranquility either. Um, that I really like Atomer and, and the last, you know, last 15 plus years of, of Dark Tranquility. But I'd rather that uh, the focus was kept on Halo Effect. I'm quite happy for that to stay on the back burner if we're going to get anything that's like you know, comparison with Days of the Lost. And like you said, the new single suggests that's going to be the case. So. I'm a massive Dark Tranquility fan, and I'm going to say I 
feel like they've plateaued a little bit. So maybe the Halo effect will inspire Mikal and they'll do some new stuff. But I uh, didn't love the last one as much as I thought I would. And in terms of Inflames, you know what? It's the same stuff they've been doing for the last 10, 15 years with better production. They changed the production to go... The production is more like the mellow death in Flames, but not the songwriting. It's a very interesting thing. And I, I'd be interested to see if other bands would consider this approach. Anywho, a lot on In Flames, who I thought was going to be in the top 20. For sure, if you'd asked me even a month or two ago, I would have definitely had them in, and then I didn't have them in mind, uh, I think. Or maybe I did at that. I don't know. I have to go look at my list. <laughs> uh, no, A pleasant surprise at 42... And an artist that I first saw in the mid-90s that I love a lot is PJ Harvey, one of the best singers of all time. I Inside the Old Year Dying, I don't know what Yoda speak this language is, but um, Partisan Records and uh, PJ Harvey, brilliant as always, great review on this one I seem to recall, and uh, no other notes for me, but I wanted to get, I don't know if this is a typical artist you would get to hear at home or not, or just for Ghost Cult. No, I'd have to say, um, you're right, Duncan Evans did, the, did a really, really good review um, for us. I have friends, um, Lee, uh, from Grief Symposium that are into PJ Harvey that are much better placed than myself to talk about. Been peripheral, never disliked, but probably a bit too in the arty, different pop. For, pop's definitely the wrong word, but you know what I mean by that. So, but I like what I've heard from, from this record and it seems, it seems to be, you know, like again, for someone that's been established around for, for quite a while, there's some reinvention, there's doing things in a different way and they're still bringing, um, PJ Harvey's still bringing people along as well and you know still both critically and commercially doing well with it indeed and also check out the alternative rock band rid of me named for one of pj's records which i think is very clever and great and they're trying to have that spirit maybe not the talent but the spirit i appreciate i applaud you effort a for effort always and then the last album on our countdown segment here steve is voyager fearless in love on season of mist we haven't talked a lot about there's there's quite a bit of season of mist in our year-long sojourn together uh not a ton on this part of the list too much but voyager is a band you know they have a, there's almost like a, a they're growing their own reputation worldwide which is really interesting that they are unique to season of mist they're unique on that label and i think it's this you know not surprised that this album made the list yeah and i think there's there's a couple of obviously interesting bits around the voyager record so one season of mist very very much not a season of mist um traditional type of band uh two being the eurovision entry for australia which no matter how you cut the globe has never been anywhere near europe um however in the spirit of inclusion i'm more than happy for australia to be in eurovision why not um but also they don't actually sound like a eurovision band they don't sound like a season of mist band and they're a really interesting um prog metal band so we Again, we talked about Tesseract, and I think there's, um, I still haven't figured out how to pronounce it, Temich, that released their album quite recently. Up with those two, I'd have yeah, Voyager in terms of the prog metal, prog rock um, kind of releases for the year. You'd expect of a band that's doing Eurovision um, to be doing three, four minute kind of light rock kind of throwaway stuff, but this is dark, complicated, um, groove heavy, well, well written, well, exceptionally well produced. Um, yeah, prog metal. So, and I love it. Yeah, of course, fair play. And uh, I would say that was a band we identified, a, you know, a year ago that we were going to like that record was coming and we were going to review it and we were excited for it. They are an anomaly on that label for sure. And they, they've done a very solid job uh, promoting them. And uh, yeah, that is a big chunk of our list of our countdown. Obviously, we're going to have three more. 
episodes, two lengthy ones and a mini one, I suspect. And, um, you know, Steve, I always enjoy these. This has been a stellar year. You have done a stellar job against all odds in some cases. The staff has been phenomenal phenomenal we are uh, making some moves to even get better in 2024 somehow i don't know how we're we're gonna i think we're gonna come in at like 590 something on albums reviewed almost 600 ah i know so i was being geeky and checking back through the previous list so before this year 602 was the most amount of reviews we've done in a year which i think was 2018 if everything goes to plan and we cover off all the ones that are out for review and no one you know, kind of uh, laptop doesn't fall in the bath or something like that. 606 will be where we're finishing the year, so we should be covering the most that we've done in a, in a single year. It's impressive. Uh, for any, I don't know who else is doing this many reviews with this kind of staff all over the world. Uh, masterfully coached up and, and managed by yourself. And, um, you know, uh, I'm just tickled that we, we, this is our legacy. If we stop tomorrow, nothing's stopping us, but if we stop tomorrow after 11 years, we are well known, almost best known as an, as a website that reviews albums. It's one, one of the first things people tell me about us is that we review albums exceptionally well and, uh, and apparently respected. And so uh, if anybody out there is listening from albumoftheyear.com, please add our website because people love our reviews and we have a lot of them, almost the most of them, probably except for, I'm guessing, Pitchforking. If they they still do reviews. I don't even. It's been it's been quite a year. I'm thankful for you since this is the end of the American Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, even though it's a terrible holiday in general, it celebrates genocide. I do like the idea of friendship and thankfulness. So I'm thankful for you, Steve. You've been marvelous as usual to work with. You make my life better and our company better and our website better, just by being you. So thank you, sir. Without you, there is no site. Well, gladfully less so than in the past. I. I'm learning slowly how to not take everything on and be the own cupbearer. You know, I can't, I can't always, you know, history of the world part one. I can't always be the piss boy with the bucket. I have to dump it out and hand it to someone else sometimes. So lucky for me, I have you, I have Omar, but the whole staff has been amazing. Uh, obviously, none of this reflects on the live reviewers and photographers all over the world, and that list is growing. I'm I'm pleasant as punch. I'm pleased right now where we're ending 2023 in a very high note. So thank you once again for joining me for this. Uh, everybody keep tuning in. If, if you made it this far, you are a real one. Uh, these episodes do seem to be a little pop, more popular than our regular ones. So if you're here or here again, please... Like and subscribe. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a five star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I normally don't ask a, I don't ask this of anybody, but I'm asking since it's the end of the year. Give a, if you've enjoyed our content, reward us with a follow. We accept mean comments also. Anyway, uh, on behalf of Steve, shout out to our our uh, editor Omar. I'm Kifi. Ghost Call Kifi at GhostCallMag.com. Thanks for listening. Episode two in our Album of the Year countdown series is coming next. Stay tuned. Peace. See ya. That's it. That's what I was waiting for. This has been another episode of the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. Check us out at GhostCultMag.com and follow our socials at GhostCultMag. Until the next time, peace. Peace.